Welcome to the Gospel of Grace podcast, a communication designed to qualify people into the unmerited and unearned favor of God, revealing grace, empowering transformation. And now, today's message. Sometimes the events of life really press on us such that our faith is tested and our faith sometimes is even uh, shaken. And it is in such moments that we begin to question the presence of God and the ability of God to change our situations. It is in such moments that we seem to even struggle to withdraw strength from yesterday's testimonies and yesterday's miracles simply because what we are currently going through is so overwhelming, is heart-pressing on us. And today I want to bring a word of hope and a word of encouragement to someone who is going through a similar situation where you are beginning to question the presence and the ability of God simply because what you are going through is so overwhelming. And I want to bring this word by simply saying, he will do it again. He will do it again. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew chapter number 4, and I'm going to read from verse number 5 through to verse number 7. Here is the account of Matthew. Then the devil took him, him referring to Jesus. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up on their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Verse number 7. Jesus answered him, It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Verse number 7. Jesus answered him, It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Now, this portion of the scripture begs us to answer the question which says, What is testing the Lord your God? What is testing the Lord your God? Based on Matthew chapter number 4 verse number 7, which says, Jesus answered him, It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Now, before I go far, let me draw your attention to the first three words of Jesus' response. The first three words of Jesus' response. It is written. It is written. Now, it is written is referring to Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Deuteronomy chapter number 6, verse number 16. But I'm going to read from verse number 13 just to be in full picture of what's going on there. Verse number 13 says, Fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. For the Lord your God who is among you, mark that, for the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God and his anger will burn against you and he will destroy you from the face of the land. Number 16, do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. 
do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. Now the question is, what is it that happened at Massa? What is it that happened at Massa? Now it becomes very important for us to understand that testing God is connected to his presence amongst us. Testing God is connected to his presence amongst us. Now let's go to Exodus chapter number 17 because this is where we find the events that took place at a place called Massa. Exodus chapter number 17 and I'm going to read from verse number 1 through to verse number 7. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim. Mark that one. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do? with these people they are almost ready to stone me in other words they are ready to kill me the lord answered moses go out in front of the people take with you some of the elders of israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the nile and go i will stand there before you by the rock at horeb strike the rock and the rock at Ho- strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, Is the Lord among us or not? And he called the place Massa. But remember, in verse number, in verse number one, the Bible says they camped at a place called Rephidim. But by the end of this event, Moses called that place Massa and Meribah. Now, Rephidim, it means rest of resting places. Rest of resting places. It's a place of rest. It's a place of trusting God. This is the place where they came to. But by the time they left that place, because of quarreling, because of testing the Lord, it was now called Massa and Meribah. Massa, it means testing. Meribah, it means quarreling. Now, let's look at Psalm chapter number 95, verse number 8 and 9. They also give reference to this place. The Bible says in Psalm chapter number 95, verse 8 through to 9, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me, though they had seen what I did, though they had seen what I did. Therefore, what is testing the Lord your God? What is testing the Lord your God? It means casting a blind eye on the presence of God and his ability. It means to disregard, intentionally paying no attention to the presence of God and to God's ability. Now, what is it that God did yesterday? What is it that God did yesterday? 
Exodus chapter number 17 is where we find the events unfolding at Massa and Meribah, originally known as Rephidim. But before we come to this place where there was no water, there are things that God did to Israel before. There are so many things that God did to Israel. And I'm just going to pull a few things. In Exodus chapter number 12, we find the deliverance of Israel from an almost 430-year-old slavery system. This is what God did yesterday to Israel. In the same event of Exodus, according to Numbers chapter number 33 verse 3, it says on the day after the Passover, the Israelites went out defiantly in plain sight of all the Egyptians. In other words, they went out triumphantly in the sight of the Egyptians. They went out triumphantly in the sight of the Egyptians. This is what God did to Israel yesterday. In Exodus chapter number 13 and chapter number 14, we find account of crossing the Red Sea where Israel walked on dry ground. This is what happened yesterday. In Exodus chapter number 15, he turned bitter waters at Marah and he brought Israel to a place called Elim where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. This is what God did yesterday. But Israel, when they came to a place called Rephidim, the Bible says they tested the Lord their God by saying, where is God in our situation? They began to test God by saying, is the Lord amongst us or not? Is the Lord amongst us or not? They tested, they tried God by saying, we seem to be surrounded by this situation. Where is God in our situation? Now, the word I want to bring your attention to is never disregard the presence and ability of God because of your current problems. Never disregard the presence and the ability of God because of your current problems. Learn the art of withdrawing from yesterday's testimonies. There's so much that God did for you and I yesterday, such that as we face our current problems, we must be able to reference, we must be able to build our faith. Our faith must be revived and quickened based on what God did for you and I yesterday. So we ought to learn this lesson from the children of Israel. Now, let me draw your attention to the three reasons why we should not disregard the presence and the ability of God is as we help each other to place our faith in the God who will do it again as we place our trust and our faith in the God who will do it again three reasons number one he does not change with time we serve a God who does not change with time we serve a God who does not change with time he will do it again in your life if he did it yesterday then he's going to show up in your life today why because he does not change with time James chapter number one verse number 17 the Bible says all generous giving and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or the slightest hint of change. He does not change with time. Hebrews chapter number 13 verse number 8. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So we serve a God who does not change with time. What gives God the ability 
ability to do it again is because there is no slightest hint of change with him. And I'm saying to you, it's high time that we place our faith in God, even though our current situation is overwhelming, is really pressing hard on us. But let's put our faith. Let's trust God. Why? Because he will do it again. Why? Because he does not change with time. You know what? People can change with time. There are some people when you really think of them five years back, five years ago, and when you compare with who they are right now, you can actually tell that time has forced so much changes on them. But let me tell you, that's not the same with our God. The Bible says he is the same yesterday, he is the same today, and he is still the same tomorrow. He does not change. He will do it again. He is not like man who is affected by time. God is in his own class. He is not affected by time. He will do it again because he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So in other words, he is dependable. We can trust God. We can lean on him. We can rest on him. Instead of quarreling, instead of testing the Lord, instead of questioning the presence and the ability of God, let's trust him because he does not change with time. Number two, he does not change with place. He does not change with place. You know, us as people, we change sometimes because of change of locations geographical places they do changes moving from one continent to the other continent people do change people moving from one city to the other city they change completely moving from one church to the other people do change completely but let me tell you god does not change with place god does not change with place the fact that now we are at refidim and there is no water that does not mean that god has changed that is not evidence of god changing in our lives he is still the same the the situation that is at refidim at this place called refidim it carries no power to change god it carries no power to alter anything about God's character, he remains the same. He does not change with place. So it's possible for you and I to place our faith in this God. Why? Because he does not change with place. Places do not affect him. Geographical places do not affect him. Spiritual places do not affect him. Psychological places, they do not affect him. Why? Because he does not change with place. Hebrews chapter number 13 verse number 8. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's the God that we serve. He is not changed by places. At one time, he brought Israel Tomorrow, where there was bitter water, and he never changed. He remained a faithful God. He remained a God who honors his word. Whatever he promises, he fulfills. Isaiah declares and he says, when he sends his word, he watches his word to perform it. And no word goes back to him void without fulfilling what it has been purposed to do. That talks of the faithfulness of God. That when God gives a promise, he honors his word. God is not man that he should lie. No son of man that he should repent or change his mind. God does not change with place. And I'm saying to you, he will do it again. 
if he opened the Red Sea for you yesterday, if he healed you yesterday when you were in one place, the fact that there is a change of place, there's a change of address in your life today, that does not mean that God has changed. Let's keep on trusting God. Why? Because he is dependable. We can trust him. He does not change. He will do it again. Number three, he does not change with situation. I like that one. God does not change with situation. You know what? Situations can change. Situations can change, but God does not change. He remains the same. You find that the situation at Massa and Meribah, the situation in Exodus chapter number 17, is different to the situation that is in the previous chapters. In the previous chapter, we find Israel at a place called Marah. There was water, but the water was bitter. And he changed the water. And he moved them from Mara and he brought them to Elim, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. Situations do not change God. Before that situation, they were at the Red Sea, flooded, and there was no way out because in front of them was flooded Red Sea. Behind them were the Egyptians who were pursuing them. And there was no way to, to escape. There was no way to run to. But that situation did not change God. He remained a faithful God. He remained their defender. He remained their shield. He remained their protector. He remained Israel's refuge. And I'm saying to you and I, God will do it again. Why? Because he does not change with situation. The fact that your situation, your current situation is different from yesterday's situation does not mean that God has changed and does not mean that God is going to change. He will still show up. He will still reveal himself. He will still prove to you that he is God. So all I'm saying to you that it is possible for us to trust God even though our current situation is overwhelming. Why? Because God does not change, number one, with time. God does not change, number two, with place. God does not change, number three, with situation. So this calls for us not to be forgetful. We cannot afford to forget what God did to us yesterday. We cannot afford to forget what God did for us yesterday. In other words, never disregard the presence and the ability of God. He is not just among you. He is not just with you, but he is in you. Christ in us, the hope of our glory. We cannot afford to forget what God did for us yesterday. Why? Because he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So in other words, face your present challenge fully persuaded that God will do it again. Why? Because he did it yesterday. Your refidim experience cannot steal your testimony. Your refidim experience cannot steal your Red Sea testimony. Your refidim experience, it cannot steal your, your, your Mara experience, your Mara testimony. What you are going through right now cannot steal your testimony of yesterday. There's so much that God did for you yesterday such that we ought to draw strength from that. Never allow the enemy 
to make your testimony of yesterday disappear from your face and your mind. This is the work of the enemy. He wants to leave you at a place where your, 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 your testimonies of yesterday are completely eroded and, and erased in your mind and on your heart. But I'm saying to you, never permit, never give permission to the enemy to make your testimony of yesterday disappear from your face and your mind. What is it that you need to do? Draw your strength, your faith, and your confidence from yesterday's testimony. When you do that, you're able to make this statement and say, he will do it again. It's high time that we open our mouth and we begin to speak the word. Revelation chapter number 12, verse number 11. It says, they that triumphed, they triumphed, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And I'm saying we cannot afford to forget what God did yesterday. Because that is where our strength is. Yesterday is pregnant with our testimonies. Psalm chapter number 103. The Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Forget not. Forget not his benefits. Forget not his benefits. And all I'm saying to you, my dear friends, is that God will do it again. He will do it again. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Where you come to a place where you are asking, is the Lord with me or not? Where you come to that place where we begin to question the presence of God. Where we begin to doubt the presence of God. Though we have seen what he did yesterday, though we testified of what he did yesterday, but because our situation is different today, but because there's a difference in time, maybe because there's a difference in place, we begin to question the presence of God. I'm saying to you, he will do it again. Be encouraged, my brother. Be encouraged, my sister. What you are going through has no power or ability to change God. But God has the power and the ability to change your situation. And I'm saying to you, God will do it again for you. He will do it for you. If he did it yesterday, then he can do it for to, to do today. If he healed you yesterday, then surely he will give you a job today. If, if he healed you yesterday, then surely he can make a way for you today. If he gave you a job yesterday, then surely today he can promote you. The situations can be different, but because he did something for you yesterday, that is enough evidence. That is a testimony that God will do something for you today. May God richly bless you and may the everlasting love of God continue to shower you as you trust God, as you place your faith in God, in the God who will do it again. In Jesus' name. To all our listeners, thank you for tuning into the Gospel of Grace podcast. To interact with Pastor Daniel Manyanga, we would like to encourage you to visit afmimmiltonkeens.org or you can also follow him on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. This is the Gospel of Grace podcast, revealing grace, empowering transformation. Proudly brought to you by partners of Ebenezer Fellowship, AFM, I am.